0: You are now listening to WLS, the voice of Prairie Farmer, America's oldest farm paper, Chicago. you another sacral session of salubrious incubation and self-starting situations with Rico Martelli's orchestra, Lynn Martin, the Johnson Merry Men, and Marion and Jim as those carefree concocters of contagious comedy, Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> I understand that Marcelli and the Merry Men are about to melt the microphones with a masterly musical movement. Go on, Marcelli, strike me (laughs) free! It's certainly easy to listen to Marjelli's sparkling music, and it's also easy for you to have floors that sparkle and gleam without one minute's work of rubbing or buffing. Use Johnson's blowcoat, the remarkable, easy-to-use floor polish made by the makers of Johnson's wax. Me king, if I don't
1: think the falling in love. me, blue, If I don't think strike me from, if you're not down, from heaven above. Strike me free, if I don't mean it too. I was shy, a bit of old mind, but now I feel free. Oh, Lonely, there's no doubt, you're gonna bring out the silent in me. Strike me free, if I don't think you're falling in love. Strike me free, if I don't think it's true.
0: To somewhere, into the here, or from Studio E to Fibber McGee at seventy nine West Vista, where our hero has started to fix the refractory doorbell. Where's that wire go from here, Molly?
2: Down the wall and under the cellar stairs, McGee. Well,
0: come on down
3: and show me.
2: There it goes,
3: McGee, up on the ledge.
2: Where? Up here. I don't feel nothing. McGee, look after that mouse trap. Oh. oh. <laughs>
3: fine, fine, to tell a fellow. What's the idea of putting a mouse trap where a feller can't see it? Here, take me out of it. Who, oh,
2: take me out of it. Well, hold still. I'm sorry, McGee. Uh, the there now.
3: Ah, shucks. And I cut my finger off. Bad method. Aha. Uh-huh.
2: And what do you have for now?
3: Look. You see that there bare place into the wire? There's your trouble, Molly. That's why she won't ring. And
2: what's the bare spot in the wire got to do with it? It's touching nothing that I can see. That
3: don't make no difference. It's the insulation that holds electricity into the wire. When the insulation's wore off, the juice leaks out. Oh! I'm surprised you didn't know that, Molly. Why, when I was into the Signal Corps over in the France, repairing telegraph wires at the headquarters, they used to call me Wonder McGee, the Wire Wizard of the World War.
2: Oh.
3: Hand me the pliers, Molly.
2: They're sticking in your belt, McGee.
3: Oh, oh, yes. You see, I'll cut these here wires and tape them up again so they'll be insulated good. You see, all you got to do is give it a snip.
2: Maggie, What are you doing, for heaven's sake? Oh,
3: yeah. Hey. You see that there flash of blue light, Molly?
2: Did I see it? That
3: means the wire is dead into the negative pole. It gives the pink light when the positive wire is dead. I'll never forget the time I...
2: Oh! Are you hurt, Peggy? Are you
3: hurt? I guess not. Kind of knocked me back onto my heels, is all.
2: Onto oh, your heels? <laughs> now, just hand
3: me that there tape, Molly, and I'll have
2: her tied up in a jiffy. Thanks. <laughs> you tore off enough tape there to wrap up the Pacific table, maybe. I, <laughs>
3: I was never one of these here electricians to skimp onto my work. Let's see now. Positive, Negative. You see, Molly, you always got to wind the tape from right to left, like this here. It's a well-known fact that electricity pushes from right to left as it goes along the wire. So you got to be careful to keep it. There. There you are. All fixed. Let's go.
2: Are you sure it's all right now, McGee? Am I? <laughs> Maybe
3: when I fixes them, they stay fixed. I know more about wires and pliers and tapes than this here signal macaroni. <laughs>
2: Well, for once, McGee, you fixed something.
3: Congratulations. Go on with it. When it comes to electricity, I'm the amper's gramper. <laughs> Where's the doorbell? Is that it up, up, up over the stove there?
2: It is, that.
3: You know what I'd like to do, Molly? What's that? I'd like to hitch the doorbell up to the radio so, so we could ring the gong on them amateurs ourselves. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did you get it, Molly? I said that... Ah, it ain't funny, McGee. Okay. <laughs> now, look, Molly...
3: You go out onto the front porch and ring the bell, whilst I stand here and see if it rings loud enough.
2: All right. And then you can get to work and scrub the porch, McGee. Whilst I garden
3: the yard. No. Oh, I had the little bell, it had the bum buzzer. I threw it away and got me another. You ringing it, Molly? I've
2: rung it seven times, McGee. Well, try her again. All right. <laughs> oh, what in trouble. I wonder. Well, how... McGee, did it ring?
3: Well, uh, not very loud, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i got to do me some adjusting on it, I guess. You see, the coil is probably fouled with the condenser, which makes the hoop the super heterodyne equal to the resistance. Hey, Molly, what? The, where are you going?
2: I'm going to call the hardware store and ask them to send next electrician.
3: Oh, shucks, Molly, I can fix it, I tell you. You don't have to call nobody else Let when go I'm on here. the
2: phone, McGee. Your mind is made up. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello operator. Hello. <laughs> hello, operator. hello. Hello, operator. Hello, hello. Maggie, the phone's dead.
3: Phone's dead. Well, Shook, that's funny. I well, just funny, thought...
2: is it? Huh? You cut the phone wires instead of the doorbell wires. Maggie, oh, uh, where are you going? <laughs>
0: Now, just to check up on whether you're using the easy glow-coat way to keep your floors bright and shining, we're sending our little checker-upper, Lynn Martin, to peek in your windows as she sings, I've got to pass your house. Lynn Martin. It's six o'clock. My work is done. My work is done. But
1: my boo. I've got to pass your heart to get to. Looking for a thrill, someone else can make me care. I think I can until I start to pass your heart to get to my heart. I. And I'm funny that way. I'm a funny.
0: A word or two about Johnson's glowcoat. If your floors are well, now Fibber, can't I get in one announcement without you gibbering? Excuse me, just to my Harpo, but Harlow. Yeah, but listen, Harpo, I. Harlow. Harpo. Harlow.
3: Hey there, control room.
1: What's the matter?
3: Uh, There's a Harlow echo out here. You better take care of. (laughs) Listen, son. You know what rules they're going to use tomorrow night in the Lewis Bear fight?
0: Why the Marquis of Queensbury as usual, I suppose. Nope. They're using Johnson's glow coat rules tomorrow night instead. Oh, glow coat rules? Yep.
3: No rubbing,
0: no buffing. Put them on the floor and polish them off like
3: nothing at <laughs> <stopped>. all.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're afraid Fibber has used up all the time for our commercial announcement, so we're going to forget it and present an unusual feature. It isn't often that the president of a big corporation makes a personal appearance before the microphone on his own radio program. And probably never before has the head of an important company brought you news of so spectacular and unusual an enterprise as that about which you will now hear. We have the honor and pleasure of introducing to you Mr. Herbert F. Johnson, Jr., president of S.C. Johnson & Son, Incorporated, who will tell you briefly of his forthcoming scientific expedition by airplane to the little known regions of northeastern Brazil. Mr. Johnson.
4: Thank you, Mr. Wilcox. I'm happy to have this opportunity to talk for a minute to so many friends and customers of our company. After a year of careful planning, we expect to leave this country from Miami about the 1st of October in a twin-motored Sikorsky amphibian plane for northeastern Brazil. Our trip will, conti- uh, will continue consume about two months. It is primarily for the purpose of establishing closer contact with the only source of supply of the principal raw material used in the manufacture of Johnson's Wax and Glow Coat. Canuba wax, the tough, long-wearing product of the Canuba palm tree from this arid section of Brazil, is used as a basic wax in our products, which many of you have used for years for preserving floors, furniture, and automobiles. The personnel of our expedition includes two pilots, our research chemist, our purchasing director, and Dr. B. E. Dahlgren, curator of botany of the Field Museum here in Chicago. Complete photographic equipment will be carried, as well as scientific equipment in the Field Laboratory. The plane carries a Pan-American two-way radio set and all the latest safety devices. Gasoline supply bases have been established at five points in Brazil, and before our return, we expect to fly about 25,000 miles over regions where very few white men have ever been. We expect that our trip will not only yield yield important scientific data, but will specifically ensure a future supply of the highest-grade canoe wax so that we can continue to manufacture better products for American housewives. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Johnson. And I'm sure that everybody listening in tonight will join with me in wishing you good luck and happy landing. Now, Marcelli and the Johnson Mary Men tip their top hats to Lynn Martin as they give us cheek to cheek. Back to Wistful Vista now, and we find Molly donning socks, while Fibber has apparently given up the doorbell fixing in favor of the afternoon paper.
2: Fibber,
1: Fibber, Maggie.
2: <laughs> yes, my love. Did you speak to me? I did that. Could I be interrupting your reading long enough to ask you did you scrub the back porch like I told you?
3: Ahem. The back porch? Why? uh, ahem. You see, Molly, it kind of looked like rain, so uh, well, shucks after all. A McGee, fella's...
2: did you or did you not scrub the back porch?
3: <laughs> I'm glad you asked me that, Molly. You see the back porch? No. Chuck's. <laughs> and well, is
2: it more important to you, McGee, to sit there and read the papers than to have a clean house to live in? Is it, McGee? You betcha. What?
3: I mean, of course not. (laughs) Say, who do you think will win the Bear Lewis fight tomorrow night, Molly?
2: How should I know? Which one of them is Irish? Well,
3: (laughs) neither one.
2: Well, then what difference does it make? (laughs) (laughs) Now, about that back porch, McGee. I know,
3: I know. I just want to finish the paper first, Molly. And, say, you know what's going to happen over there in Ethiopia? Listen, Molly, it's just like card games. This here Selassie fella's got a spade plush, but the Italians has got and advantage.
2: And why have they?
3: On account of the deuces wild.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you get it, Molly? <laughs> I says the Italian. Ah, it. it
2: ain't funny, McGee.
3: <laughs> okay, but listen. I got this here Ethiopian thing all figured out.
2: Oh, you yeah. have? Yeah.
3: You see, Molly. On account of the British holding control of the Suez Canal and the location of Gibraltar what it is, there ain't any doubt that Spain, being just across the water, will get mad at France because Russia's trying to edge into China. That means, Molly, that Sweden and Norway, which is usually neutral, will have a tough time persuading Greece to let Poland and Austria keep the freedom of the sea. Which, if the Portuguese blockade goes on, Australia and Canada gets up onto their hind legs and there they are. (laughs) I don't know how Chico Slavik is going to keep out of it myself.
2: Maybe uh, we can ask the peace conference to send an ambassador over here to scrub our back forth with me. No,
3: <laughs> yes, Molly, I'll take care of that.
2: Go see who's at the door, me. Who, me? Yes, you. But put your shoes on. I'm coming as fast as I can. Just yes. untied
3: these laces before I took them off. There. Which door, Molly? The front door. Hurry, me. Well, oh, how'd you do, ma'am? What can I do for you?
2: How do you do? Are you Mr. McGee? You betcha. Is Mrs. McGee at home? Yep.
3: Come right in, ma'am.
2: Thank you. I didn't know whether there was anyone here or not. I rang and rang and rang the doorbell. The
3: doorbell? You say you rung the doorbell? Yes. <laughs> Looks we must have didn't hurt it.
2: <laughs> then I heard voices, and I knew there must be someone here.
3: Sure, we're both here.
2: Well, come right in
3: here, ma'am, and meet Molly. Hey, Molly. Oh,
2: what is it? Uh, it's uh, another one of them nuisances. Hey. Oh, how do you do? <laughs>
3: this here is Molly, uh, Mrs. McGee, ma'am. Molly, this here is, uh, uh, now don't tell me. Let me
2: guess. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never guess. I'm Miss Witherspoon from the public library. Oh, well, now isn't that nice. McGee. Huh? Give the lady a turn. Sure,
3: take any one, ma'am. They're... No,
2: no, no, not that one.
3: Huh? No, take one of the others. <laughs> That one's got a leg busted, but I got to fix when I get some. To... Hey, wait! Don't don't set on that one either. <laughs> the strings busted on that one. <laughs> You're liable to get stabbed in the. McGee,
2: a... <laughs> a You see, ma'am, uh, Miss Witherspoon. Uh, we've just moved in a week or so ago, and we're not quite settled yet. Sure, it's nice of you to come and call so soon. Oh, not at all. I know you're both great readers.
3: Who oh, was?
2: yes.
3: <laughs> I'll never forget what a time I had reading this here Less Miserable. And. Oh, uh, Lady's
2: uh, Around?
3: Yes, that too. They're both good.
2: <laughs> Aye, Mike. We'll both be glad when we're settled down and can drop in your library for some good books. Won't we, McGee?
3: Huh? Oh, 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 you betcha, ma'am.
2: I, um, I see you haven't unpacked your books yet. I don't blame you a bit. Those so are real book lovers. When you keep your big book unpacked last so they won't get and scratched. Oh, my goodness. We wouldn't have anything happen to our books for the world, would we, McGee?
3: Oh, I don't know, Molly. shut another one of them is worth a Did you say the doorbell was out of order, McGee? Uh, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, uh, Miss Silverspoon here had to knock Miss on Miss
1: Witherspoon. <laughs> yes.
3: <Yeah. laughs> Chucks, ma'am, I can hardly wait for winter so I'll have time to drop into the library and get caught up on my reading. Mm-hmm. I hope you got something there besides them sappy love stories. Where a feller takes six years of his life and three hours of your time to get up enough courage to kiss the gal on page 314. McGee. <laughs> ah,
2: Miss Witherspoon, I can never get enough time for good books. Ah, longfellow, and. And uh, Robinson Crusoe and uh, Shakespeare and all. Did you care for the painting of the shrews? Oh, dear, no. Should I leave all the wild animal stories for McGee? And how about GBS? GBS?
3: Not so love, man. This is NBC.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no. GBS. Shaw, sure, you know.
3: Oh, Shaw. Sure. <laughs> you betcha. You betcha. She's one of my favorites. <laughs> I'll never forget the time I was visiting my Uncle Mortimer. A great bookworm, Uncle Mort was.
2: Worm, anyway. (laughs) What day, Molly? I remember, McGee. He was in the book business. Yep.
3: A bookmaker.
2: How interesting. A bookmaker.
3: You bet. (laughs) You bet, and he covered it.
2: Well, sir, I'll never forget the time
3: Uncle Mort showed me through his library into his country house. You know where the Blink River is in Massachusetts, ma'am? The Blink
1: River? Yeah. No, I don't think
3: so. It's <laughs> really. Uh, Uncle Mort has him a country home built right onto the banks of it. Homestead on the Blink, he called
2: it. <laughs> you
3: should have seen his library, witty.
2: Whithy? <laughs> his, uh, for he Oh, yes.
3: Well, sir, Uncle Mort must have had two million volumes.
2: Aye, that was a library, wasn't
3: <laughs> it? Just yes, that was just the week's reading from Uncle Mort. Well, sir, of these two million books, ma'am, one million was bound in the genuine cowhide, which he kept on to the north side of the library. Them was history and philosophy and psychology and all heavy stuff. <laughs> on the other t- side of the library, he kept detective stories and fiction and love stories. Them was smaller books bound in cash. <laughs> no, in cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, one night whilst I was sleeping, I was woke up by a terrible commotion downstairs. Well, sir, I grabs me a gun, leaps into my slippers and bathrobe, and rushes down into the library for all that their noise was coming from, and you'll never get the sight that met my gaze. What was that? Well, sir, I can't hardly believe it myself, Miss Ditherswoon. But there before my eyes bumping across the floor was all them little cast-bound books
1: <laughs>
3: wagging their little fly leaves. And what you suppose they was doing? Crawling over to join them big cowhide books. Ah, it was motherhood calling, and wasn't no time for before. There was a the calfskin book snuggled up to each cowhide book. A calf and a cow, and a calf and a cow, just like that. cutest sight you ever hope to see. Now, if you'll excuse me, ma'am, I gotta go out and scrub the back porch. <laughs>
0: must have been a circulating library of Fibber's uncle. And seeing that he had difficulties with both his cows and his calves, we'll ask Martelli and his Johnson Merriman to sympathize with Double Trouble. I got trouble, double trouble,
1: what a business fool. When one is but a headache, I have to be in love with two. two, two. I then I lose cool. I can talk with them, I can talk with them, I can walk with them, I can walk with them, even both with them, even soon with, with, with them, but I can't go on a honeymoon with them. That's my trouble, double trouble. I don't know what to do. Oh, crazy as a cocoon trying to be good for do. The
0: as you just look down at your floors. Do they have a beautiful polish, or are they beginning to get dull and shabby? You can make them look like new again in a few minutes' time if you use Johnson's glow Coat. This wonderful new liquid polish works like magic on linoleum or wood floors. Right before your eyes, it changes unattractive floors to bright, shining floors and saves you all the work of rubbing and buffing. Glowcoat Coat dries in 20 minutes and shines as it dries without help from you. Once your floors and linoleum are protected with Glow they stay clean for weeks at a time. Dirt and dust can't stick to the beautiful gleaming bottles. By the way, your dealer is making a special offer right now. A can of Glow and a long-handled applicator at a saving of one-third the regular price. Be sure you see on the attractive yellow can the name Johnson's Glow <laughs> Back with us next Monday evening when we'll again meet these happy householders, Fibber and Molly McGee. Remember, next week it's one hour later than usual for those not living in a daylight savings zone. This is Harlow Wilcox saying Hasta la Vista at Wistful Vista. Good night. McGee and Molly come to you from our Chicago studios. This is the National Broadcasting Company.